Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm here with our executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. He is donning his brand new Housing Hour apparel, which looks wonderful, by the way. And you have yours on, so we look good. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Very important show today, but we do want to step back a moment to tell you how to connect um, with us. And that would be, number one, thehousinghour.com. You can go there and download shows, listen to shows, uh, share those with friends and family. You can also find us on social media, www.thehousinghour, I'm sorry, facebook.com slash thehousinghour, um, as well as um, Twitter, at thehousinghour. You can find us there. Um, You can find me as well if you'd like. It's at kevinray.com as well. I frequent that page. Yeah, he does. He frequents that page. Frequent it. <laughs> so um, today we're we're talking about because as we all know, the horrific disaster that happened in Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, and we have a guest with us that I'm going to introduce in just a moment. But um, you know, the Smoky Mountains are such an important piece of Tennessee heritage, and what it is that Tennessee stands for, the Volunteer State having this incredible um, Smoky Mountain region with the number of uh, people who visit the number one national park uh, visited in the entire country. Yes, actually. it is. The number um, one. And it's not even close, actually, to the second place. Um, and so this touched a lot of people. Not only was their lives lost, there was also property lost. Um, the numbers are staggering um, as it relates to property uh, damage and loss. So these all are very, very unsettling times for people in Sevier County. There's been an incredible um, effort underway by Dolly Parton and others to help to raise money for those who are affected. Um, she has committed through her foundation to raise money and also her own money through her various businesses to commit to $1,000 per month for six months for those people who lost their home and in tennessee that goes quite that's a pretty good Mm -hmm. amount now maybe in california or new york you know people might hear that number and say well that wouldn't even pay my car payment but um here in tennessee that is a significant amount of money and that will help tremendously those who have um suffered such such damage now we're talking about today the property damage and 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 some tips for those who have lost everything, some tips for them to be able to sort of be able to pick up the pieces. And while moving forward, there is going to be a claim that's going to need to be filed. There's going to be some steps that you need to take, you know, and and hopefully this show will make it into your hands so that you can use it. And that's what I would encourage my other listeners, all of our listeners after this show, we'd love for you to, if you have a family member, if you have a friend, you know, there was 1,400 people or 14,000 people that were evacuated. We, I don't think there is a final number on the I think it's, we're close on knowing how many homes, but it's in the hundreds, mm-hmm. you know. So there's a lot of families that are affected. So 
With all that sort of setting everything up, we're going to bring in our guests right now. And today on the phone with us, we are so thankful and grateful for the opportunity to uh, be speaking with Chip Merlin. Uh, Chip is from Florida. Um, he is definitely the master of all of this information. And um, he was actually dubbed because of his knowledge base and his his understanding of how it works, the master of disaster by the Tampa Bay Times. And that's because he understands the, the advocacy role that he plays. So, Chip, thank you so much for coming in and joining us. Uh, thank you so much. It's an important time for everybody right now, and I'm sorry for anybody that's suffered through this, and the entire region is going to suffer for for a period. But the truth is we've we got to uh, pull up our bootstraps, and uh, for those that got the, uh, had property damage and their homes destroyed and, and property lost, they're going to have to deal with the frustration of making insurance claim and trying to get uh, their life back together again through that. Yeah, and Chip, you're, you're known as really someone who's a national authority on insurance, bad faith. And, you know, we all think about, okay, well, this isn't the time to point fingers and, you know, call people out. And that's true. But at the same time, you just said it. We need to put our big boy pants on and we need, we have to go to work. We have to rebuild. We have to do what is right. And so you stand up for people so that they have an understanding of what to expect through that process of filing a claim, which is a very difficult process, even if you just have a roof that you need to have repaired. I can't even imagine a home being destroyed. Yeah, it's not an easy one. And most people have the thought, you know, it's going to happen to somebody else. It's not going to happen to me. And for those who have just gone through this, and you don't have a, a home to go back to. As a matter of fact, one of the first problems, people can't even find their insurance policy because it got burned up. Mm. And so just getting an insurance policy, what do you do with the steps and things like that? People... Uh, many times don't have even computer equipment. We get used to communicating now through emails, looking things up and stuff like that. Well, it got burned up. Your laptop might have gotten burned up. And so, you know, it's a, it's going to be a, a frustrating, uh, you know, period of time, months if your home was burned down to really get close to back. But there are a lot of steps that can be used. And if you had good insurance, as a matter of fact, I find many people end up actually being better, you know, after uh, after the the, the, the task is completely done and they get restored than what they were before because they bought you know, adequate insurance. But mm. for the next 12 months, I can imagine most people that had a significant loss are going to go through the frustration of dealing with insurance and trying to go out and replace items and things like that. Well, you know, we only have like three minutes actually in this segment left, but let's start with this. What are the first steps to do after suffering a loss such as this for people who have lost their entire home? What are the first steps? I well, mean, you kind of mentioned it, but... The first step is to contact your insurance agent and mm -hmm. ask for a copy of the insurance policy. And the agent should have a copy of the policy. Uh, they should be able to tell you what your basic coverages are, as well as the steps to notify the insurance company so that they can assign an adjuster. This is a person who will come out and help evaluate what the amount of the loss is with the policyholder. Uh, the second step is because a lot of people are going to go back and look at their properties to be very, very careful. Uh, there's a lot of injuries that happen as people mm -hmm. start walking through rubble and I can't emphasize enough the need to have you know steel boots and be very very careful you know walking around anywhere there's a lot of dangerous uh, items as you go back through uh, the rubble and um, as much as I hate to say this too it's also extraordinarily emotionally devastating for most mm -hmm. of the people that I've, I've represented when they go back and see that everything is gone and a lot of times these are the most precious things these personal mementos that we all collect 
and, and they're gone. It's all you're left with many times are your memories. And Chip, let me ask you real fast, uh, does the all insurance companies cover wildfire? I know that flood, there are specific policies for that. Does wildfire, is that covered? Almost every single property insurance policy covers the peril of fire. Historically, fire is the only thing insurance companies did cover, fire and lightning. And so virtually 99.9% of, of insurance policies uh, for your home are going to cover the, the peril of fire. So I'm not so much worried about that. The question is how much coverage do you have, what types of coverage do you have, and, and that's why you've got to get your insurance policy to actually go through it and see what you've got. One of the you know, first steps people are going to also be looking for is, hey, I, I had to go move somewhere. Does my insurance policy cover the additional living expenses, which most do, most homeowners policies do, but then the question is, does there have a limit on it? Do I have to be concerned if I'm going to be out of my house for nine or ten months while they rebuild it? Do I have enough money to cover me where I'm staying at right now? Or do I actually have a policy that might be unlimited with additional living coverage and it just covers for the period of time it's going to restore it? Getting all those questions answered so you know where you stand, what types of coverages you have regarding uh, the property, how much is it going to pay, uh, how much personal property coverage do I have, and how much additional living expense coverage are really important. So that's why the first step is call your insurance agent, find out what your coverages are, and let's get the claim process started. Be very safe, though, when you're going out to take a look at your property again. Right. That is important because, I mean, in the Smokies, these some of these homes are built in such a way that, you know, I don't even know actually if they've let everyone back. No, it's, it's still not open 100%. Yeah, so so that's a, a cause for concern. You need to listen to the authorities. I read one report, Chip, where a gentleman was desperate to get back to his home because he had an animal that had been left. So he actually sort of um, backtracked through the mountain, which was dangerous in itself, to make it back to his property because his family was devastated that they left a pig. It was their pet pig oh. behind the pet pig. This is a side story had, they didn't think it had survived because there was nothing. It was Hiroshima like in that whole mm -hmm. neighborhood, but the pig had burrowed himself into the mud wow. and had saved himself, which is just an amazing story. But um, to your point, Chip, um, going back to the, to the residents, especially with the amount of devastation, we're talking about thousands of structures that were lost. I think the number that I saw, what was the latest number that you saw? Did you know? Oh, about 1,400. Seven, I heard 1,700. Okay. So, I mean, somewhere in there. I don't know how many of those were homes, but in neighborhoods, you're talking about devastation. And, you know, when fire comes through, there's all kinds. I mean, the, the fire department had equipment in there. You know, there's all kinds of obstacles that you have to be very careful about. Let me ask you a question, Chip. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned that bad faith insurance litigation, you're an expert in this. Should we assume uh, when there's mass uh, destruction like this that most insurance companies are not necessarily in good faith? Is there a change in their behavior if it versus one, you know, house burn versus multiple? That's a great question, and it varies from insurance company to insurance company. I can say generally that when you have mass fires like this, that the insurance companies uh, will have um, procedures set up that everybody's going to adhere to. I frankly, and even though people in the insurance industry think I'm their worst critic, I actually find some of the best work that they do is right after uh, fire losses. Not necessarily all the time, and I don't know how this is going to go in Tennessee, but Many times the insurance industry uh, really stands up and does the right thing. The, 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 many times, though, that's because officials are watching what they're doing very carefully, making certain everybody's getting paid, that people are getting 
uh, prompt partial payments, which are very important. You know, so the you know the greater the involvement of the uh, Commerce and Insurance uh, Agency from the Department of Tennessee and other um, Department of Insurance section, uh, people are watching what's going on. Um, the, the, the better it usually goes, but it varies from insurance company to insurance company. Some insurance companies take a very liberal view, taking care of everybody, and that's great. Some insurance companies are just a little more uh, tough, and that's where the problem comes in when uh, they're not acknowledging you know, what the benefits are that come from the product that was purchased after the loss happens in an attempt to save money. So mm-hmm. I, you know, while I, I criticize the insurance industry, I also want to know there's a lot of great adjusters out there in the field that do fantastic work, and many of the claims managers make certain they do it, but not everybody, not everybody's on that, that same page. And what, um, if any, uh, I guess, liability does the city, and this is sort of off topic, not off topic, but what liability, if any, does the city um, or county in relation to um, evacuations and um, preparedness and also awareness? Save that. I'm going to ask that question right now, but I want you to answer it when we get back because there's a lot of speculation about maybe we weren't warned, and and I don't want to go back and point fingers, but it's important to understand. So we're going to continue on with this conversation with Chip. Chip has been so nice to come in and speak with us, and um, it's important that we get Chip's uh, information because um, he is really an ambassador for um, consumers. And it's Chip Merlin. He's an attorney out of Florida, and he's here on the Housing Hour with us to help you understand what's going on. We'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray here with Mark Griffith, executive producer, co-host. We also have Chip Merlin with us, attorney out of out of the Florida area. Um, he is helping us understand really what we need to know when we go about the business of getting um, our insurance claim filed for those hundreds of families who lost their home in an absolutely terrible, uh, devastating tragedy in Gatlinburg and. So Chip is with us. He's helping us understand it. I had asked before break um, about what, if any, liability um, do the municipalities hold for preparedness and for alerting the homeowners when there was a need to evacuate. There was some concern that the um, evacuation notice went out three hours after the fires had um, actually uh, made it to Um, Gatlinburg city limits and there was uh, the reason that was given was because of the weather of course 80 mile per hour winds I get it there's you know but there was you know there's 14 confirmed dead now that number is going to rise I guarantee you 
once they're able to make identifications and, and once they're able to completely vet out all of the missing persons um, reports and all of that, that number is going to rise. So, you know, there's insurance claims being filed for property damage, but there's also going to be lawsuit after lawsuit. So I don't want to get too um, caught up in this, but could you give me the 30,000 foot view of how this normally goes? Boy, the, uh, the instances of having lawsuits um, accusing uh, the officials of not giving enough notice regarding the fire and then people not being able to get out of harm's way is um, actually pretty slight and in most states extraordinarily difficult to do. I, I hold a Tennessee bar license. Uh, you, you've stumped me a little bit. It's, this is not exactly on my uh, expert list, but mm. I, I will say generally um, it is a difficult um it's difficult to have civil liability with respect to officials not notifying citizenry of uh, of dangers that might be coming in, in advance. Uh, okay. And there's a lot of reasons, you know, for it. But uh, just a practical one, it almost um, the situations of emergencies come up so often, and and uh, government officials, while they that's part of their job, generally are not in tort and. And, and civilly liable if they don't provide you the information about it because there's simply not enough time. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm, so speculatively, yep, there might be lawsuits, but uh, I'll be the first to say to everybody they're they're not going to be easy to, to 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 bring. You know, I, I hope and if we that that uh, through you know the insurance and what we're talking about with housing today, we don't have the same thing that's going to happen there. At times, though, unfortunately, you know there there are. Um, a lot of lawsuits that get filed uh, when insurance companies take a real tough time. A tough time, and sometimes mm-hmm. it might be just one or two insurance companies get sued that way, as I kind of remarked earlier. While the vast majority get taken care of, right? But uh, well, let's you know, let's hopefully, assume. Hopefully, we're not going to have a second disaster. Right. Let's so. assume they have good insurance, and um, you know, people right now just I just read online that they they were able to start coming back to their home through from 8 a.m. to like 6 p.m. So they're giving people the opportunity to come back. And, you know, it's it's a very controlled and organized. There's still a curfew in place as well um, in Gatlinburg. Um, so that's all going on. But let's talk about let's ha- if they did have insurance and it was, you know, good. You know, this is a question that many people ask. Do they have to build the home back just exactly the way it was before the loss? No. Uh, you don't. It, it's it's your money. You can rebuild the the home back any way that you want to. Um, and for those that had a total loss, which means the the building was burned down or it lost its identity, where the building officials are going to make you demolish it after the fire, so that's uh. down to the ground. You you actually get the full amount of the insurance policy right away. Tennessee is one of the states that's known as a valued policy law state, and the Tennessee valued policy law says that if you have a total loss to your home. The insurance company's got to pay the face value for the full amount of insurance for the for the building, which is great. And then rebuilding it because buildings get older, designs change to what people like, fashions change. Uh, if you have uh, three bedrooms and you want to make four, all those things can be taken into consideration. So you build, you can take your home and rebuild it back the way you want. And sometimes it's much more efficient, and the market value might go up. And that's come I've said in the past. If you have replacement cost coverage and you have the full amount, you might sometimes be in better off shape afterwards, although it takes a while to get there. And certainly nobody wants to go through a fire to have to do that because emotionally you never come back the same. It might be financially you're in a better off position, but emotionally it's still very difficult. But 
build it back the way you want, mm-hmm. and and fine, you know, and we can get into the next part because the question is, well, you know, who, who's out there that can help me, you know, rebuild and things like that, and that's a whole nother uh, topic and, and something that all consumers have to be concerned about as well. And one of the, one of the problems is, and you can help me on this one, is when you suffer a loss like this. In the meantime, if you have a mortgage on it, don't you have to continue making your payment? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you do. You have to keep making the payment on that. And then so that's the reason why additional living expense money is so important. So while the mortgage is still being paid, what you do have is additional living expense because you're going to have to live somewhere else. And so you're, you're, the monetary amount, if you have additional living expense, should be the same uh, because your new place wherever you're staying at all those expenses should be taken care of under your homeowner's insurance policy mm-hmm. most the vast majority of all homeowners insurance policy also have additional living expense monies that should provide enough for you to live at the same type of custom lifestyle you had before you don't have to go live in a in, in, a, in a dingy motel or something like that you should be able to find another comparable home to go live in during the period that the home's getting repaired now another part of that is removal of debris included in insurance policies as it relates to cost? Uh, debris removal is usually within insurance policies, and typically there's an additional coverage for that, and that amount it can either be in a dollar amount. Uh, most of the time we find it as 10% of the policy limit, so that if you have $100,000 of, of coverage for the home, you have an additional 10000 for the debris removal. And okay. a lot of times it's additional coverage. Which is a great uh, thing that, that you've got. So don't just look at you got a hundred thousand there. Actually, reading through the policy and looking for these additional coverages like debris removal is very, very important. Okay. And as it relates, also now, if you think about, I know that my, one of our very dear friends and coworkers, Josh, lost his house to a fire, electrical fire, three months ago. I think maybe less than that. I don't remember. And he had the toughest time, you know, obviously dealing with the loss, but making a list of what was in his home. I mean, gracious. I mean, you know, yes, we would hope that people would make an inventory or take pictures. Those are all nice best practices. But now we're on the flip side of this. And, you know, what would you say now that everything is gone, you know, how do people go about making a list? Where do you even start? It, that's a great question, and it's one where people leave so much money on the table because it's it's hard work and it's tedious and it's frustrating and it's difficult. Mm-hmm. The truth is, most of us buy items, our stuff, and we use it, and then we put it away. We put it up in a closet, and we forget about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people might have started to pull out their just their holiday ornaments, their Christmas ornaments, and things like that. But most of the time. At the time of this fire, they're not. People aren't going to do it until the day after Thanksgiving. Right. And and if you actually thought about all the Christmas ornaments that you might have collected, or that your wife had collected over the last 20 years, if you've been together that long, it is a substantial list. People sometimes have thousands of thousands of dollars just in the value of Christmas ornaments, and you wouldn't think about even putting it on, you know, because you don't use it day to day. It's up in the attic or something like that. Yet it's gone. Mm-hmm. So. I often tell people if you go to the United States Military Guide of Depreciable Items, this is in the military people are getting moved every year or two. When the movers move right. things, they go ahead and destroy them. Virtually everything that humans have that we buy and things that are listed, and it helps jog your memory okay. you know, about That's that. That's a great, even, great idea. Yeah, even hold hold little, those thoughts. Great, 
Hold, yeah. Little ha- crazy items mean a lot, too, so you can't miss those. Once, once Chip gets going, you've got some great information. Hold those thoughts because I want to finish that thought, um, but we have some messages that we need to tell our listeners. Guys, continue to hold with us here. We have Chip Merlin with us, an attorney out of Florida. He's helping us so that you can protect yourself against um, potentially bad faith insurance companies as you start that process of filing a claim. So come back right after these messages, and we're going to continue on with Chip. Thank you. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the housing hour. That was off of my latest CD, <laughs> Christmas in the Smokies by Kevin Wright. No, I'm just kidding. Um, beautiful voice. Uh, we're back in here in the housing hour. Um, thank you guys for joining us. And even though this is a very serious topic, we do need to all you know keep our sense of humor about us because it makes going through things a lot easier. Um, and you know what? Dollywood, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, the Smoky Mountains, um, some trails, obviously, some neighborhoods, obviously, are still closed, but they're open for business. You know, mm-hmm. Dollywood is open for business. The best thing that we can do, and this is per the Gatlinburg mayor, he had a message yesterday, was we appreciate your thoughts and your prayers and all of that, and obviously the donations, some incredible. We also can at, would like to ask you, come visit us. Mm-hmm. Come visit us. Our restaurants our theme parks, you know, we're open, you know, the space needle, the, the aquarium, you know, all that stuff is available and we're ready to receive people. So that's one thing that you can do, um, for, for the area and coming up in this Christmas, look, there's a lot of shop owners up there that they're, they're, they're terrified of what's going to happen because we need cash mob. Yeah, absolutely. We need to can, well, Tim Burchett needs to give that idea to somebody, but they need that revenue because you think about right up the parkway right there, or not the parkway, but what's the name of that road in Gatlinburg where they have all those shops? Those are mom and pop shops. Those aren't big brand, you know, big store. I mean, yes, some are, but most of them, a lot of those folks up there, the candle makers, you've got those glass shops, you have the t-shirt stores. Those folks have families. And I just pray that their economy isn't devastated this Christmas season because it is such a vital part. And frankly, guess what? We lost a lot of cabins. We lost a lot of property. We, we lost lives. So there, the, the actual occupancy rate or the occupancy or the, the number of beds has been reduced for those visiting. So there's other options. You know, Park Vista is open. Dollywood Dream More Resort is open and many others. And, you know, part of going along with that, Chip, um, you know, it's when it's time to rebuild, do I have the option to choose my own contractor? And, you know, in these situations, contractors seem to come from all over the globe to to come and try to take advantage of some of these people. Mm -hmm. So what's your advice there? Yeah, it's becoming a a huge issue. The uh, restoration companies uh, are 
just seem to follow wherever there's natural catastrophes, and they use a lot of very high-pressure tactics with uh, uh, homeowners who's you know just gone through something. And my first advice to homeowners is don't feel like you're getting pressured by anybody. You should not. And if somebody's pressuring too hard, don't do business with them. Um, traditionally, getting a locally licensed contractor, and in Tennessee the contractors have to be licensed, um, and, and somebody that's local that's going to be around for a long period of time that can uh, rebuild your home is, is who you want. Um, you know, After that, if you happen to find people from out of state, you do want to check the credentials and the references, and especially if they've gone through you know, catastrophe sites before, call those people up and find out who they are, how good, how good they are. The truth is there might not be enough contractors in the Gatlinburg area to take care of all the business There's right not going to be. Uh-oh. And and there will be a lack of supplies for a period of time. Some of the prices are going to be going up and things like that. So, you know, I, I often tell people don't rush into something. If any time this is the time to really contemplate who do you want to have build it, how do you want to have it built? Is there Do you need to have an architect help you out? Do you need a four-person to watch over? I often give my example. I travel all over the country. If, if, if my place burned down, I'm not in a position to watch the contractor, how he's building it back and things like that. i got to rely upon his reputation. But it would probably be a good idea for me to hire a construction four-person or manager that has to be licensed in Tennessee, by the way, to watch over just to make sure that contractor is doing a, a first-class job. Mm. Um, so I, I, I caution people right now, and, and unfortunately there's a lot of scams that go on with, with uh, some contractors promising all kinds of things like you don't have to pay the deductible and all this kind of stuff. Keep shy away from them. Yeah. Uh, find somebody that you can trust that has a proven track record of, of building quality construction, and that's who you want to hire. I mean, there's when people, unfortunately, when they hear of this type of devastation to properties, some people see dollar signs. And, you know, there are those people out there who are just, you know, they're, they're, they're ready to build a home and they have good intentions dollar signs are a part of that so you have to weed through all of that their motivation might be pure but they might have high pressure tactics because they want to do they want to do the job so you have to just be cautious and and be deliberate with with who you go with so that's that's good information um now another question that i think is important is that if you have a problem at the end of the day with your insurance company you know what? What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? And is that going to be the master of disaster? I mean, how do you deal with mm-hmm. a situation where the insurance company it clearly is going against their policy or their, you feel you don't feel right about what they're telling you? What do you do? Well, uh, the, if that happens, the first thing, that this is great. The state of Tennessee has a website on their insurance section. So the Commerce and Insurance uh, section of the Tennessee government's got a very easy website to go to fill out a complaint online. Oh. And you can, and it's one of the easiest things to do. The they promised all kinds of help for the wildfire victims and the Department of Insurance. They want to know about this, mm-hmm. so they can take corrective action. And if they see that there's, you know, how do I say this? A number of trends going the same way, and, and the same insurance companies doing the same thing wrong to a whole bunch of people. That's many times where government officials stand up and departments of insurance do a great job about shutting it down. So I encourage people, the first thing, if it's really going bad, you're getting crosswise with the insurance company, for heaven's sake, you have your, your advocate right there. It's a government official that at least help intercede, and many times they do a great job. Um, there's two types of professionals. If, if things are really getting tough for people, you don't have enough time to do the claim yourself and things like that. There's attorneys at the law that do this for a living, like myself. 
Now, there's also a class of adjuster that's got to be licensed again in Tennessee, known as public adjusters. And for a fee, usually not more than 10%, it shouldn't be more than 10% off. Some public adjusters get upset that I say that, but just to make certain, the typical fee is 10% or less of whatever's claimed back. They'll help prepare the claim forms, especially when it comes to uh, equipment or personal property matters, which can be very tedious and people don't get those things cleared out. And they, they actually provide a pretty good service uh, to, I find they provide a uh, good service to many uh, policyholders. Uh, the last person you really should contact would be an attorney. And that's when it's, we've given up on a, everything else. Claims, you know, been denied for some reason. And is there some legal recourse is what the insurance company's position taken being, is, is it accurate? Is it right? And uh, most attorneys that do this for a living can get hired on a contingency fee rather than paying real high fees. People shouldn't, you know, shy away from it at the end. But you know, as, as weird as it is to say, since I'm on the line right now, I think I'm the last professional that usually gets brought into it, and it's it's a last means to, uh, to, to, solve an, to solve an issue. And many times a lawsuit doesn't have to be brought. You know, I can bring attention to, to the matter, and, and most attorneys, depending upon what stage of the case it is, charge a different percentage uh, depending on how much work we have to do. Okay. And, Chip, when they're – People are rebuilding. They talk to their contractor. They have an older home or a log cabin. And when you're rebuilding these things, uh, maybe there's new laws, new codes, things that take in consideration. Does insurance automatically pay for that? Is that going to be extra cost out of my pocket to bring it up to date? Yeah, it doesn't automatically cover it. Now, some, and this is known as a law and ordinance coverage or code upgrade coverage. And so you have to look in the insurance policy and see how much additional coverage you've got. So that it would take, let's, I'll use that $100,000 example. If I had to rebuild it back exactly the same way, it would cost $100,000. But now the codes have changed, and they're requiring you to put in, uh, it could be all kinds of things. If you have a three-story home, you might have to put sprinklers on the third story. Uh, the way the roofs get built are going to be different than the way they used to be 20 years ago. Your windows are going to be different because of new laws they got regarding windows and energy efficiency. Uh, electrical. It changes over the years, and so the new codes, you have better electricity. Many times, these items cost more to replace. And so you, in, in most insurance policies, but not all, there's a law and ordinance or code upgrade section. You have to see how much coverage you've got for that. Uh, and hopefully, you know, the people have gone out and have a good agent and have got enough coverage for that, but, but that's something you have to watch for because that's not automatically covered under the insurance policy. Okay, well, that's good information. That's important because when people build back, they certainly want it to be up to code. That's a vital part of that. Um, and we only, unfortunately, amazingly, only have one segment left with you, Chip. But we're going to continue with our last segment with Chip Merlin. He is an attorney out of Florida. He's an advocate for everyone that has been affected. He's given us some absolutely wonderful, helpful information and I can't tell you how much I appreciate him coming in. And I want to um, thank him even more when we get back because we have one last segment with him. So please come back and join us right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. 
Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Chip Merlin from Florida, advocate for consumers and attorney at law, um, is also uh, has his, I guess you would say that you're licensed in Tennessee. Is that what we're talking about in his attorney? You have your name here for business? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm licensed in 11 different states, and part of that's because for my practice, I have to go where there's catastrophes, whether it's an earthquake, a flood, a fire, hurricane, tornado, hailstorm, and they occur all over. And mm. so our firm literally has 42 attorneys spread out, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the leader of the band, so I have I keep a number of bar licenses in various states, one of which is Tennessee, I'm proud to say. Good. Well, you mentioned a website, uh, the Tennessee um, website for insurance. We're going to put that up on our website so that if you needed to, hopefully this won't happen, but if you needed to file a complaint, this is where you would do that. It's very easy to get to. It's tn.gov, I think, and there's a there's a, a section where you would go. So you can go to thehousinghour.com and get that site. And it's under consumer, I think, information, if I'm not mistaken. Resources. Re- consumer resources, and then you click file a claim or file a, and, and a claim. A and complaint. if you don't mind me interrupting, there's, sure. there's one other called unitedpolicyholders.org. Okay. The United Policyholders is the largest uh, consumer-based uh, uh, organization representing solely the interest of policyholders, and they have great tips regarding wildfires. They're headquartered out of San Francisco, and there have been a lot of uh, California wildfires, and so they're, I've, I've found their tips to be excellent to help people out in dealing great. with the insurance companies and making certain you get paid the full amount. That's great. Thank you for that. That's yeah, very, very And helpful. let me ask, Chip, is that youhelp.org? Because I'm pulling up. It looks like youhelp.org under United Policy it, it should be. It should be U, UP, but it's United Policy Holders. Okay. Okay. And we'll we'll make sure we have the right one. Yeah. And, and I, I know they've already got some tips up for the uh, wildfires out there that, is, that they've used both in, in Colorado for the storm, uh, for the fires, the wildfires they had there. And in Mexico recently, there were wildfires and in California. Mm-hmm. Well, you've answered most of our questions, but I guess in this last remaining moments, because you, you've heard all of the questions that we've had. Um, and there's a really, I think, a sense for people of desperation, you know, especially those who have lost family. There's a lot of families out there that actually have a missing family member and they're presumed, you know, they're presumed dead. I mean, unfortunately, at this point. And they're also having to deal with, you know, what happened to their home and all of those things. I can't even imagine beginning a claim while you're still uh, waiting to find out the news about your family member. So to your point, take your time. This isn't something that you urgently have to jump on. But what are some, you know, after you've heard our questions and sort of the sense of what we're, we're asking, are there any um, additional pointers that you might be able to supply us that you would say would be important? Yeah, with that last comment, uh, because I've seen what uh, tragedy can do to people, and it's not uncommon that uh, friends family you know somebody or you know somebody's know somebody who, who lost somebody and then you're also dealing with your own loss of your your things your personal items so mm-hmm. a lot of times people their home is full of memories their their best memories sometimes they're worse but it's part of your identity and as you go back through the items and things like that it can be very emotional so i tell people take your time uh, when you go through your personal property item list sometimes it's fun to do it with 
family members. You start remembering stuff. People start laughing about stories and things like that. Um, it, 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 but it, it, there's still this loss because many items bring up the best memories that we have, and they're gone. You know, those items aren't there to look at anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you're starting over, and so I tell people for a period of time, there's a grieving process that yeah. most of the time we overlook. But I've, I've seen older men just go back to where their home used to be just walking around and things like that and, yeah. and thinking about stuff. So it's Tell us it, how it's, people can get a hold of you, regular. Tell us how people yeah. can get a hold of you. We're, we're coming up at the end of our show. How quickly can people get a hold of you? If they have, yeah. Um, if you put Chip Merlin attorney, it's gonna. It, there's not too many Chip Merlin attorneys, okay. and it'll it'll pull you up to Merlin Law Group. And we have a blog about insurance law. We have okay. tips for people there. You can research on my property insurance all law right. blog. All kinds of information. And, and a lot you can of find that information. You can find that on thehousinghour.com. We're going to forward that information there. Chip, it's the end of our show. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thank you very much. This is important. Absolutely. And we'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know. So come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.